Welcome back to another episode of The Reinsurance Podcast. It's a special on-tour episode this time, and we're doing a part two of our prior episode uh, based at the Allianz offices uh, that you must listen to before you listen to this episode. Please do check it out because we're continuing our conversation with the Allianz Re team and specifically the Allianz Re CEO, Holger Tevers campbellman The previous episode focused more on the very interesting market conditions that we are facing this year. This time, we're going to dive a bit more into the unique entity that is Allianz Re. Why unique? Uh, that actually seems like a great question for me to open with. And welcome back, Holger. Welcome back. And can you help us explain what kind of entity Allianz Re is? Absolutely. And uh, thanks for having me again, Ben. So Allianz Re is in that sense special as we are, as you said, part of Allianz Group. And that changes a lot of the things which we do. So it changes the capacity which we have. It changes the way how we approach business. And obviously, it first and foremost defines our strategy. And our strategy is built around what we call four priorities. So the first one is what we call pooling and volatility management. That's all around servicing our sister companies all around the globe with their reinsurance needs. So all the sister companies buy 100% of the reinsurance needs from us. And then we pool it and we are retrocession into the market, we manage the peak risk of the group. So that is the key thing that we don't buy reinsurance externally on behalf of a certain subsidiary only. We only buy it on behalf of the group. So it's always a question, not if something is uh, too much of a risk for a certain entity in a certain country, um, but it's more the question, is that too much of risk or volatility on behalf of the group? So. If then an entity can not carry the whole risk, we as Allianz Re take it on and only seed the peak into the market. So that first priority is pooling and volatility management. And that is why Allianz Re was started. Second priority which we have is capital and what we call legacy management. Um, because what we have uh, learned over the years is that reinsurance is a very powerful tool to manage capital. And happy to talk a little bit further in detail about that. The third priority which we have is cut management because as part of our pooling, we are exposed to a lot of catastrophe risk. And over the years, we built some knowledge in this space. We had to aggregate the data. And the one thing about cut is that it's quite similar from one country to the other country. So the example which you can think of is if you think about earthquake risk and you had maybe an earthquake in Australia and you learn something in terms of losses, what kind of building qualities were hit and other things that can be translated from one country to the other. So our aim on the cut management side is not only to measure the exposure to provide it to a reinsurance partner, but also to feed that into the frontline pricing. So that is why we have invested quite a bit over the last years in the cut management area, also in light of climate change, better understanding this element as well. And the fourth pillar is uh, what we call third-party reinsurance business. So there we go out and complement the group risk profile by adding more insurance risk in certain spaces. And that business is something which uh, we aim to do on a diversifying basis. So we are talking about a little bit less than $2 billion of premiums. So quite sizable in itself, but with a little bit of different 
strategy and, and business mix. Oh, that's absolutely fascinating. Thank you. And I, I kind of want to dive in and start poking around to understand all the different pieces because I guess you have this amazing helicopter view of the entire Allianz group uh, and all of its various you know, operations. And then it's up to you as Allianz Re to think about, okay, how well diversified are we at the moment? Where could we improve that? You mentioned in the previous episode, you know, even taking on third-party business to complement your existing exposure, but equally taking out cat exposure. I, how, how do you think about trying to do portfolio management on, on such a big scale? What, what, what tools do you have to help you? I guess uh, the first thing is uh, a close cooperation, obviously, with uh, what we call holding function, the group functions, who look at all the exposures, not only on the insurance side, but also on the non-insurance side, the investment risk side. And that's very important to us because our risk appetite on the insurance side is also driven by the balance between investment risk, which Allianz Group has part of, as part of the normal business, and uh, balance between inf- investment risk and insurance risk. So the more investment risk you have, there might be the more capacity to carry also some insurance risk. So it starts even one step earlier before we even start talking about insurance risk and, and the mix of those. And then we have this close cooperation, but I guess you can have this kind of, call it more theoretical portfolio optimization exercise. But in our thinking, it's very important that we have also this third party reinsurance business because then we have one foot also in the market. And also with the retrocession, we have one foot into the market to so get some insight because we want to make sure that it's not only a theoretical exercise. You can always optimize your portfolio, but you need to know at which price you need to know what is feasible and all these, what structures work and all these insights we, we also get from the market. And, and that's a two way street that we also want to feed it back into the market. Makes sense. Uh, very useful intelligence mm-hmm. gathering, I'm, I'm sure on a, on a massive mm-hmm. scale, but you mentioned the importance of almost the investor market before the insurance market. And what a time to be talking about that. How, how do you think about uh, the current climate from a, you know, sort of beyond the insurance perspective, but I, the investor market has changed quite a bit, I guess, in, in recent times. Is that an opportunity? Is it a, a risk for companies like Allianz? I think uh, from an Allianz Group perspective, it's first something which we have to manage. If you look at uh, our group capital situation and you see that there are various activities and taken in order to manage the group capital situation. And that's partially on the insurance side, but also more importantly on the investment risk side. If I think about it from, from my head on with the third party business, I think of it as a great opportunity because uh, obviously Allianz Group is not the only one in in this uh, situation where that in light of what happens on the capital market, we have to look at the capital situation, how to manage it. And that is something which others do as well. And we have the tools and the experience, how it is done in Allianz and want to apply that also for other players out there. And then if the risks are complementing and given that we have some appetite for insurance risk, if it doesn't come with excessive volatility, then we have that appetite and that knowledge and want to apply it to, to generate some complementing profitable business. Yeah, no, that, that makes absolute sense. And I guess you have so much happening right now in terms of obviously you as, as a, a major insurance group are being impacted by this. You're 
third-party reinsurance business is also being impacted by this, but also all of your usual markets are being impacted at the same time. Uh, you know, we've had various conversations with reinsurers saying, you know, our clients are making more money than we are <laughs> for a, too long now. You know, it should be a, a long-term balance. Do, do you see that changing over the coming years where the, the reinsurers are maybe helping more than they'd like to with the bills? <laughs> I guess, uh, obviously, it's a discussion which takes place. And it's a fact that insurance companies made more money than reinsurers over the cycle. But if you look deeper into the reinsurance market, you also see quite a difference between the profitability of the different players and and uh, I could also say that Apple makes more money than insurance company. Does it help me necessarily? Not at all. And for me, the question is then really what we can do better um, in order to optimize, uh, let's say, the risk return for ourselves. And obviously, we need to keep an eye on our business partner that, that it works out for them as well. But uh, we should, uh, I think we should not get lost too much in the question of who made what kind of money when, because to some extent um, that is that is not uh, helping so much. Absolutely. And one thing I wanted to ask you, actually, just reflecting on other large insurance groups that have reinsurance capabilities, well, uh, particularly on the third party side, how, how does that sit with sort of the group conversation? Because I know for a large French insurer that acquired a, uh, a reinsurance arm recently. They, they oh. were maybe less com comfortable with the volatility that, that oh, brought. And that's a discussion which we have as well. And I guess when an Allianz investor buys an Allianz stock, he doesn't buy it because he wants to uh, replace a Munich restock, right? He wants to have the more stable uh, exposure to the retail insurance business. And that we respect. So, so we have to keep that in mind. And therefore, it's not our ambition as Allianz Re to be the next uh, Munich Re, Swiss Re or whatever. And we have therefore a different business appetite in terms of volatility. Because uh, the moment where we would then write, let's say, 5 billion of business with a lot of cut-driven volatility, which might then add to the, to the insurance business, then uh, we would create to some extent, noise, and, uh, and it's not what our investors signed up to. If we complement it and use the capital diversification, and then uh, in that sense, don't edge at excessive volatility, it works out perfectly. And if you look at Chubb, um, they also, I think, play it very smartly. Also, Mapfre uh, does it very well. So those companies are known not for the reinsurance business, but they have quite, uh, let's say, meaningful and, and very successful reinsurance assumed operations. And therefore, our model is a little bit more similar to these companies, and it's not our ambition to become the next AXA XL or like. No, that, that, that sounds very reasonable uh, with that, that mindset about your mm -hmm. your investor base I, there. And, and interestingly, I think we talked a little bit before we started recording about uh, some of your your homegrown uh, capabilities, right? So you've started as a company to support primarily the needs of the Allianz Group and its Allianz sister companies. Uh, and that has led, you know, obviously to lots of traditional capabilities emerging, but also in some cases you've been able to innovate a bit in response to their needs. I'd, I'd love to hear a bit about some of those maybe more non-traditional 
uh, offerings you've been able to develop. And uh, that is uh, the key thing why we made the capital legacy management a key priority. So if you think about capital legacy management, what do we do there? We as Allianz Group, we have for the ambulance. So we have all kind of um, exposures on Allianz Group balance sheet, and therefore we had all kind of questions which you can think of in terms of capital management. So we have operations in different jurisdictions with different regulatory capital regimes, with different uh, local accounting rules, all these kind of things. And somehow we had to learn how to optimize the capital. So not that we end up with uh, too much cap in every little legal entity, and then you cannot manage the group capital position uh, overall. And that's quite cumbersome because if you think about maybe an operation for Malians in the US, right? So first, it's regulated there. So therefore, there are capital rules according to the US regulation, RBC rules and the likes. And then based on that, there's a certain business uh, and with a certain capital need. Then on the same t- at the same time, the same business is part of Allianz Group. And then through the eyes of our investors, we look at the same piece of business, not based on RBC rules, but based on certain two rules. And then there's a rating agency which looks at it, and they look at it neither on RBC rules nor on Soil 2, but on yeah. their own basis. So all those things create, on the one side, complexity. I think of it more as an opportunity. Because then you, and in that sense, as a reinsurer, can come in, look at the different dimensions, and see, look, here we have an issue, and that is how you as reinsurance can solve it. Because reinsurance is one of the few, maybe the only tool, which is accepted as a risk mitigation tool across all regimes. So therefore, uh, reinsurance, the way how we think about it, is a very powerful capital management tool. And then we use sometimes classic tools like a quarter share or a loss portfolio transfer, adverse development covers, sometimes whole account stop loss, all those structures which are there. And we use them also to optimize the capital of our sister companies, but we don't use them. I think it's not that the tools are different. It's a little bit the approach. Because in the in the normal renewal, everything starts with a structure which is sometimes set, and you look out for the best reinsurer with the best quote. Here it's a little bit different. You start a little bit more with the reinsurer, develop the structure with him together, and then quote comes into play and things like that as well. But the structure is to some extent also the end product and not the input. Yeah. And that is a little bit a different mindset which you need. And that's for why we have it as a separate priority. And you need also a little bit more capital uh, knowledge, experience, a little bit different mindset. And if you add that, we are the one or the other person sometimes only. And uh, I think you can uh, do a lot of interesting things with reinsurance as well. And that's what we have done. We have grown that over the last 10 years uh, together with our sister companies. And we have therefore freed up capital from them, brought it back to the group. The group can invest it. And this kind of experience, not only with structures, but also with capital regimes, sometimes also in terms of what regulators are, let's say, fine with and sometimes what they not prefer, that is something which we can also apply externally, and that's what we aim to do over the next years. 
Oh, fantastic. I, I guess this is what happens naturally when you have a former CFO who ends up leading a, a reinsurer. So very exciting. And, and also very exciting to hear that you're potentially able now to really start sharing those specialist capabilities with, with the market more generally, because a lot of firms uh, won't have those specialities, those, the background to be able to think about the problems in this way. You know, most reinsurers work the other way around uh, in terms of process. And I imagine there's a quite a few firms in the current climate who would be looking for capabilities like these. No, absolutely. And we see that as a growing market. It's something which not only we have noticed and, and there are others out there who also try to build that, but it's definitely in an uh, evolving market and a uh, very important segment, I think, for the reinsurance market overall, because they have to think about also growth opportunities if their appetite for cut is maybe limited, right? So what is their, their USP? What is the thing which they can offer as a unique selling proposition? And, and therefore, I think capital management is, is one uh, element which they will look at. I guess one of the benefits which we have is that Allianz Group overall, when it comes to things like premium risk or also reserve risk, we still have some appetite and diversification potential because we have just naturally a lot of investment risk as well. So therefore, I think we can also compete, not only based on sharing some of our experiences, but also based on the kind of capital situation in which we are. No, that makes that makes sense. And, and I guess maybe this is a final question, because I, I realize we're, we're short on time. Cordy is waving at me. Um, does the, the nature of this type of offering change the kind of people that you look for when you're building a team at Allianz Re? You Maybe you deviate away from the traditional good at drinking beer and other underwriting qualities that we find back home in the, in the London market. What do you look for for a very capital management-centric kind of company? I think uh, the kind of skill sets are not so different than in the normal reinsurance or so something like an actuarial background and, and the likes. But more importantly, is a kind of uh, career development. I think it's very helpful if then maybe someone has not spent the whole time only in the reinsurance underwriting area, even if it's a great place to work. Uh, I think then swapping things, rotating people, maybe also some, some stint in the finance side. And that's one of the opportunities which we have. We have just down the road, there is uh, the group holding. And uh, maybe then there is a chance to rotate people and gain that experience because it had, has helped me tremendously to fully understand what the mindset is of a CFO, right? What is uh, really the thing which, uh, which is important to him? And if you have that mindset, I think that helps, uh, especially also in terms of servicing then the client because the client might not be the reinsurance buyer, the traditional one, but the CFO of the client. And therefore, I think the similar backgrounds, but uh, I think the people should then also a change perspective, uh, take up a little bit more different roles and, and rotating. That's what we also try to encourage. And that's what uh, Allianz can offer. So it's a great opportunity here because we have not only the kind of a little Allianz Re, we are part of a broader sense. So I switch roles from one part of Allianz group to others. Uh, most of my colleagues did. And that is, I think, uh, why I, I'm really grateful for all the opportunities which Allianz Re has, but also can only recommend it to everyone who is out there looking for a nice, challenging opportunity with, with a lot of options. 
Yeah, I think I, I can certainly speak for a large number of underwriters who, you know, are staring down the rest of their career thinking, do I really want to just keep on renewing the same deals, sure. you know, and maintaining you know, as important as those long relationships are, it, it's much more important, I think, to keep on developing your own understanding, your perspective, your knowledge, so that actually you can be more valuable to those partners. And, and there you have it. It sounds like Allianz Re is the ideal place to go that step beyond. Absolutely. Uh, and the thing is here that uh, you don't have to, let's say, leave the overall group, right? So you don't have to look for a completely new, empl new employer. So you just are part of the same group. You know the culture, you know some of the people. And then you swap from one part to the other. It, it's uh, with much less risk and uh, much more upside, I would guess. And I guess best of all, you get to live in this wonderful city of Munich where we're recording here today. Absolutely. Uh, but thank you so much, Holger, for taking time to be on the podcast with us. Uh, it's been a really wonderful dual episode. We're excited to do more on-tour episodes like this, inspired by our discussion with you and also our prior discussion uh, earlier with Torsten as well. Thank you again. Any well, final thanks. words to our listeners? No, looking forward to seeing a lot of them, hopefully, at one or the other opportunity during this renewal or even more afterwards in the next year. Brilliant. And thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you again next time. Thanks.